Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on You know I got to something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Yes, sir. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad Stud Show, Football Friday edition, October 20th, 2017. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino here with you for the next hour. Plus, talking college, NFL, and high school football, trying to get you ready for week eight. Week eight of the football season. Man, this is flying by. Emil, what say you? We it had al- a good one last night. It always flies. I didn't see it. I saw the replays. I watched the highlights. I was doing you something what? else. You did not I see that I was doing game? something else. I had Don't something else to do. Watching Dodgers baseball. That's what I was. You got it. Just Are like you you'll be watching the Yankees tonight. You, you admit Come it. You on, won't. Man. Well, I will well not you have a high school that. game tonight. I'm sorry. You won't be watching yeah, your team. You, you'll be, be running home from that high school game. Yeah, I'll be looking at some score app somewhere, um, and uh, depending on what's happening, I. Maybe tearing up my Let's phone. Let's admit it. If the Yankees are ahead and it's the seventh inning and your game ends, okay, you'll be giving everybody a high five and saying, okay, got to go. You'll be running out of there, getting home to watch them clinch the American League championship. It would, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would be interested in seeing that. Um, the game is at, what time are we, 8 o'clock? I think it's, eight, I think it's an 8.05 start, so you should be okay. What do you guys kick off, 7.30 or something? Tell me why the Yankees got squeezed out of the prime spot the last two times they were up against the Dodgers. Who does L.A. think they are? The who whole series. But, well, I mean, no, it's more who they're playing. I mean, no, no shot at Houston, really good team. but And it's a big city. But amazingly, Houston's not a huge baseball market as far as drawing in the Astros. And I think, you know, if the, put it this way, if the Yankees were playing the Red Sox, or the Indians, I think they would have Listen, been splitting prime Yankees time back and forth. The America's team. All of America is interested in watching the Yankees. I don't care if they're playing Taiwan. All of America needs to see Except the Except for one thing, not when you have the Dodgers playing the Cubs, who are like the Cubs are like another one of those. Well, the Dodgers are a popular franchise, but the Man, Cubs are one of those Nobody was interested in watching the Dodgers drown the Cubs, who were just, just 
I don't. I mean, I'm, America has a love affair with the Cubs the same way they did with the Red Sox. You know that when the Red Sox were were trying to win, get over the hump, it seemed like America had that love affair with them during that that period. And now the Cubs won last year, but there's still that that love affair. Now eventually, someone will realize, hey, you know what? The Cubs have become the Red Sox. They're just going to be pretty good every year. So that may go away in time. You know, where people all over the country say, oh, the Cubs are playing. Oh my God. Well, let's talk football. Uh, okay. And one, one for the ages. You weren't in the moment last night. I saw night. the. Oh, no. I saw the. Listen, I saw. I saw everything that the. All you needed to see. Okay. <laughs> it was a great. Well, look, game. the highlights I, I, don't really do this thing any justice. You had to be in the moment there to see how this thing went down in the end. But even before that, you had an incident in the game, and this was very much Chiefs Raiders football. Um, you had a little incident when things got testy. Uh, first of all. I don't know. This had to be a Derek Carr call. I find it hard to believe that a call from the sidelines came in to have Derek Carr, man with a broken back, uh, go on a quarterback draw against the Kansas City Chiefs, a divisional opponent who you do not get along with very well. But it happened. A a quarterback draw, and uh, it went as expected. Uh, It wasn't very successful car got held up which is the worst thing that could happen and uh, Marcus Peters came in and they called it a late hit I didn't think it was a late hit but anytime you go smashing uh, the one of the franchise quarterbacks um, you get you get flags thrown and people getting an uproar so sure enough Marcus Peters um, keenly somehow found Derek Carr's side back um, in the area where um, he's injured right. and some chief and some uh, Oakland Raiders a uh, lineman took exception to it, as you would expect, and a big melee broke out. Marshawn Lynch, um, a, a friend of Marcus Peters. I, I had someone try and tell me that it was a cousin. I don't know if that's true. You know, us black folks like to call people our, our cousins. You know, no, fact, no, actually, you know what? Uh, somewhere I thought I, I heard that along the way the last couple of years that they were co- – I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I, Did I you thought hear from I heard someone that black, don't trust it, okay? Well, why? If they told me if everybody's like, I might be their cousin if they like me. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that's what we do. So if you have something yeah. from Ancestry.com, I'll go with it. If another black person told you that, um, you know, they were cousins, uh, you got to take that with a grain well, of salt. Well, then you guys, you're like you're like us Italians because everyone's your cousin when you're Italian. Hey, cousin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll 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 uh, adopt family members really quickly. But nevertheless, right, these right. two are tight. Um, Marshawn Lynch sees Marcus Peters in the middle of something that would probably cause him some serious trouble or a fine. And uh, Marshawn Lynch goes out there and proceeds to get himself a nice fine and ejected from the game. Now, mind you, if you look, if you see, you know, and you probably have, if you haven't, it Mm -hmm. shouldn't be that hard to find. Referee has a hold of Marshawn Lynch. Uh, Why you would want to do that, I have no idea. But it hasn't been some kind of haphazard hug and Marshawn Lynch is, did not want to be hugged by this referee, shoves him off, um, has a hold of his shirt, and then pulls him through like it was a defensive lineman trying to get rid of an offensive lineman and get into the backfield. So you now you grab the shirt, extend the guy away from you, pull him forward, and then almost swim by him. He did that to the referee. Uh, a very good football move. Not to That's 30 grand. 30K and some change. Um, and then proceeded to grab Peters and push him out of uh, the little dust-up that was going on. Then Marshawn Lynch <laughs> ran off the field um, so as to act like I was not involved in that at all. That's <laughs> someone else. I saw that. 
<laughs> mind you, there's a there's 1,100 cameras uh, there to point yeah, out. Right. So he was uh, he was asked to leave, yeah. and he left. It's like Marshawn robbing Lynch. an ATM. You're on film. Sorry, Marshawn. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, though you may have had some type of uh, you know a hoodie on underneath your helmet, the number definitely gives you away, along with the name on the back of your shirt. Um, just a FYI. Nevertheless, they ask him to leave. Marshawn Lynch is so different. Emily goes into the locker room. There were reports of him going out to his car um, <laughs> so as to leave the contest. I guess catch it on K whatever. Well, I thought you uh, meant really leave. Like he probably said, oh, I think you meant go to the locker room. I thought you meant leave, so I was leaving. Went to the locker room, then uh, go to the car because you know, I might have something else to do since uh, my night is done here with the football game. Nevertheless, he did not leave, Emil. You know what he did? Marshawn Lynch got dressed in his clothes and sat in the stands and watched the rest of the game. He's a man of the people. He watched. I'll tell you what. If nothing play. else, if nothing else, between him, he's entertaining. And I'll tell you, the, the I was telling your brother this last night. We were we were texting about this. the The best interview in the NFL to me is Richard Sherman. Lynch is a close second, but he he's entertaining if nothing else. Oh. If, if if anything, he is that. So um, sat amongst the people um, and watched his Raiders pull off. What I listen. I I made the tweet last night. I've been watching football since 1977. You guys can do the math on that. Uh, don't anyone out there say that's 50 years? You'd be a math idiot. But it's been quite some time, and I don't think I've ever seen an ending to a game like that. Just to recap it, for those of you who are under a rock, um, heavily inebriated, and didn't get a chance to see the game or the highlights, Raiders are down 30-24, to 24, under a minute left, trying to work their way down the field. I think they got to under 20 seconds left. Carr fires a pass to the sidelines near the end zone, and it's 30 caught yard by... 30-yard uh, pass, 29 yards. Yeah, yeah, on a rope, and it's caught by, I forget the... The guy's Cook. name. It Cook. was Cook, the tight end they Fired got from the, I think I think they got him from Green Bay. Yeah. Uh big time big time strong guy. Goes up over two dudes, falls down and winds up in the end zone. It looks to it, it, in live television and to the folks sitting in the stands, it looks to be uh, a Raiders touchdown and they're gonna have a chance to win this game pending the extra point. So massive celebrations in the stands. I'm sure Marshawn was in there too. Um, uh, shooting up bears or whatever he was doing. Uh, and then, of course, there's this thing known as replay. And replay says no. Um, guy was touched on the way down. Rear end falls on the one-yard line where he also had the ball. So now you got to put the ball on the one-yard line with six seconds left. Next play, Carr tries a fade on uh, Marcus Peters. And Peters slips and falls. It was a, maybe a good job, a good FIFA uh, soccer job. They call offensive pass interference, moves the ball back to the 11-yard line. Next pass, up the middle, through Cook's hands. The guy who made the amazing catch with two guys draped on him was right. Uh, that, ball, that ball should have just been a touchdown game over. Yeah, um, ball it, it, right through the middle of his hands with no one around him. I guess it was too easy for Cook. He needed someone draped all over him. Uh, but he was held like crazy before the ball got there. And so, penalty. Let's move the ball back to the one-yard line. And now, uh, we try, <laughs> we try, uh, we, we try uh, another pass. And that uh, one was directed at Crabtree. Directed at. But there was another hold. 
yeah, you got another penalty and all kind of crap going on. Look, long story short, final car rolls out, hits Crabtree in the corner, touchdown. Um, Raiders win because they did hit the extra point, which almost could have been in jeopardy because you, you had guys running all over the field celebrating. That could have been a penalty, and you know. Sure. Um, well, can I, you know, well, can I say a couple things though? That see, that ending, and I, I saw it because I because I heard so much about it. Kind and I don't know how you fix it. I'm just throwing this out there for you and your thoughts, and it kind of speaks to what I've been saying for the last three or four years with some of the issues I take with the NFL. Like, you ruined a great ending. First of all, you took what was a great catch. To you, As you said, to the naked eye, it looks like a touchdown. We have replay. Okay, so now we're going to put it on the three-quarter yard line. We're going to run it again. You just described a series of five plays where there was three penalties. Yeah. I mean, basically, three untimed downs. Like you could say they were good calls, bad calls, whatever you want to say. Well, you know the what? The bottom line is it, the, the, only the last play was an untimed down because after the fade uh, where Peters fell down, three seconds remained. Then the pass across the middle to Cook ran it down to zero. So we had the sequence a little messed up. After the pass to Cook, the next play was the rollout with, with no time Which on the clock. Which was the second down. hold. Okay, that was the second. So there was two untimed downs. The one, the the first hold after the cook miss, where they call, they called the whole. Let's go through it again. You, you ran it again. They called the pass interference on Crabtree, moved it back. Then you had mm-hmm. the drop by Cook, which took it to zero, but there was a hold. Then you had mm-hmm. another hold on an untimed down, and then finally, like the kid at the at the carnival where you get three for a quarter. Finally, the Raiders <laughs> got it in, and the game's over. Okay. Yeah. I saw the tweet okay. where someone said Dave, uh, Derek Carr threw five game-winning touchdowns in the game. Right. But I guess what I'm trying to say, I don't know what the answer is. It's more of me just – that whole sequence to me describes something that as a fan of the game troubles me just because that's a lot of penalties in, in a short amount of time. I mean, and you, you may have you, – you, you, I hear you, Abel. They were, they were well-deserved. Maybe the one with the offensive pass interference, Peter – iffy, um, but I could see where they would call it. The others, were, they were earned. I mean, there's, no one wanted to give up that final touchdown, and they were willing to do anything to not have that be on them. So, right, I understand. Kind of yeah, have. I mean, you got to call them. If they're legit, you got to call them. And I, I guess what I'm saying is there's a moment there where you could have a great ending to a football game, and it ends up to be something we'll remember as being great because it was so unusual, but not necessarily because it was well-played great. Like, wow, great, great play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe, listen, maybe maybe if it happens again and you're like, hey, look, we saw this already. This is not cool. We can't, you know, we can't have um, games ending like this. But for that, last night, awesome and great for the I'm NFL. a big advocate. You know, I think they could fix a lot of their penalty problems, and I'm a big advocate of this, and I don't know if they'll ever just – some the light bulb will go on for somebody in New York. I, I'd really like to see them go back to the college uh, – the college rules with 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 pass interference and how you can play defense. I really would. I, this, I'd like to see. I'd like to see corners be happen. able to. Uh, well, I I know you're. Pro, I know you're almost a hundred percent right. I'm just telling you. I, I wouldn't mind. See, college. I think it's easier for the refs. You don't see as much interference. They tend to let them play more because you can touch that receiver twelve yards down the field as long as the quarterback right. hasn't thrown the football. And I like that because. It, it just makes the game easier to watch, at least for me, visually. When I start seeing flags all over the place, I, I really lose interest. I do, and I'm not trying to be a downer. I just do. 
I could understand that. And and right now there are too many rules in the NFL. It's too much ambiguity. There's you know, there's just too much that's going to cause discussion on a play. I mean, we could think back to the Jets Patriots game last week where the Jets had a touchdown taken away from them. Not only did they have a touchdown taken away, the whole ball got taken away and given back to the Patriots on some And weird, that to me seemed like uh, a, by the way, I think that was a bad call, but what do I know? I mean, I don't uh, I thought it was a touchdown, but what do I know? Not much, um, and and neither yeah, did the NFL it referees. <laughs> they you know, they wanna, we, you and I talked about this earlier in the week, where they're talking about some rule changes now because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Hey, listen, man. Okay, there's enough protection for you in the pocket, and we all love Aaron Rodgers and what he brings to the game and the improvisation and the and the the uh, inhumane. Well, not let me not use that word. The throws he makes that no one else can. Uh, that's awesome. Yes. That's great for the game. But when you start telling me now the guy, now a guy needs protection when he's outside of the pocket, that's nonsense. Okay, you got to allow the defense to play defense. Well, let, let me let me ask you this, and I know you're going to laugh at me thinking I'm trying to be funny, but I'm not. I'm asking your honest opinion. I'm being serious here. So answer it seriously, even if you disagree with me. The quarterbacks, obviously, the NFL designed their game where. As I say on every show at least once, if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you don't have a chance. Okay, You can scheme around it a little bit in college. You could have superior talent at Alabama, and you could have average quarterback play and probably still win. In the NFL, that isn't happening. That said, there might be 20 guys right now in the NFL starting that are NFL quarterbacks. and So most teams don't have two quarterbacks. Some don't even have one. If they want to gear their game that way, and I'm being serious here, why don't we just admit what we're doing and put flags on the quarterback? They can't be tackled. You can't have it both ways, in other words. If you want to protect the quarterback and say, well, you can sort of tackle him, but if he gets out, then he can run. And, you know, he's getting the best of both worlds in that he can get away from a sack. But then when you hit him, it's a penalty. So to me, it's like, listen, why don't we call it what it is? And when the defensive end comes around the corner, he doesn't have to tackle a guy. He just pull the flag, he's down. I think no one wants that, but it sure looks like we're moving in that direction. I'm, listen, Chad, I'm not them. being funny. You know me a long time ago. I would tell you if I was being sarcastic. I'm, I, at this point, okay, I am sick of seeing games decided by calls where the – I mean, I saw that call three weeks ago or two weeks ago on that Cowboy-Packer game where Aaron Rodgers was sacked – the second guy came and flew over him, didn't even hit him. But they're calling intent. Oh, well, he meant to hit him. So it's, it's, it's roughing the passer. He didn't touch him. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, we're going overboard. We're trying to protect the, the quote-unquote franchises. Hey, listen, you know what? You guys have protection in the pocket. Stay in the pocket. Do what Brady and Manning and these other guys do, okay? Um, you got it. Let it go. If you If you want to be running around outside of the pocket like it's sweet, man, then, you know, stuff's going to happen to you. And we can't go making rules now because you guys decide to leave out of the pocket. What are we supposed to do? Just let them walk down the field and score points? Because well, would you, well, would you, you be you okay with my suggestion? If, if this is where we're going, if we're going to protect them out of the pocket now, I don't want to see flags be... in the game, Emil. I don't, I, I don't see that. I don't want to see that. Well, I don't want to see it either, but what I'm saying, do you understand where I'm going with this? Why not if you're going to be? I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. You're almost there. My friend, you're almost there. I don't want to see someone with two yellow flags hanging off of his damn hip. That's ridiculous. (laughs) 
freaking ridiculous. I don't want to see that. I grew Did up you see Aaron Rodgers with those there. gold pants on? Listen, gold pants, right? And we they put the Velcro for the quarterbacks. They have to have a special thing, right? Because you don't want them wearing a belt like we did when we were in college. When we were in college and grade school playing flag football, you know, you, you have the belt. No, they put the Velcro right on his hips, right? And they, maybe they use green flags in Green Bay with a G on them. Wouldn't that be cool? He run around back Man, there with I have flags on. Hey, listen, I have no interest in hedge fund manager guy in lower Manhattan thinking he can go out there and play football because these guys have flags on. Let me go give it a try next year. Let me go try out for the Jets. I have no interest. Hey, in we're close to it. You can, you can laugh and you can make fun of it. We are very close. There was an article on Yahoo Sports written about how dirty a hit Anthony Barr uh, made and how we need to start protecting Aaron Rodgers and other quarterbacks, and the game's changed, and we'll all get used to it. Listen, that hit by Anthony Barr was nothing special. It really wasn't. Not at all. Not at all. And, it, you know, and out there with uh, wearing a commercial where you're selling yogurt, uh, I mean, the smallest pads you can ever have, um, and he just got dumped. He fell the right way if you wanted to break your collarbone. Let's just put it at that. Yeah, he just it was it was a it was unfortunate. All, all I can tell you is there must be guys like Roger Staubach who played in this league that watch these games and and just chuckle to themselves when they're in a luxury box watching a game. They must Roger Staubach must sit up there chuckling to himself with the hits that guy took. Right. Um about that, and think about some of you guys, man. You know how many times I saw Danny White sitting on the seat of his pants with his helmet off? <laughs> oh man! Yeah. I mean, and we're, too we're many for me. I know. I know how many times I saw it. <laughs> yeah. So those guys right now that can't that played, you know, quarterback and can barely remember their career are not going to feel too good about it. Well, we don't want that. I mean, let's be honest here. You and I, you know, we're, we're making light of this. I'm not looking for anybody. I'm not saying let's return this to 1974 and have guys with their brains scrambled. I think it's a good idea that we're getting smarter about some of that stuff. But what I am saying is there's a certain aspect of football that we all need to agree is violent and physical. And if you can't remove all of it. At, that, at a certain point, you remove so much of it, it's no longer football. I mean, you know, call it something else, but we're not playing tackle football any longer. And I think the NFL, if they don't watch, is going to get dangerously close to that with these quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, we'll continue to monitor the situation. Here's another thing. Um, just sliding the basketball real quick. You know, stuff I see on my timeline. Fans are just really amazing, especially on Twitter. Lonzo Ball plays his first game in his rookie season for the Los Angeles Lakers. It wasn't amazing, all right? He wasn't, it wasn't dazzling, and the Lakers lost, and uh, Lonzo Ball is trash. He's not a good basketball player, according to Twitter. Well, he's already had one game in his career. We can draw that conclusion, can't we? Oh, absolutely. We have just mapped this out for his, the next 10, 15 years. Not going to be good. Going to be a bust off of one game. Where a guy like Patrick Beverly decided, I'm going to treat you like a rookie tonight, and I'm going to welcome you to the NBA. If fans out there think that at some point, and rather soon, Alonzo Ball is not going to make the adjustment, um, then you're stupid. The, for lack of a better term, you're not smart. You're the opposite of smart. And I yeah. want to just go off on everyone that's calling this kid trash today, but there just isn't enough time. Hey, I'm a Laker fan. Let's away. let's be honest. The Lakers suck right now, okay? So, so you know, let's not draw too much into Ball's first game playing for a bad Laker team right now. Okay? 
I mean, it's one game. The kid's a rookie. What is he, 20, 21? I if mean, that, but yeah. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, and with these conclusions have been drawn, it's just amazing. Nevertheless, hey, man, we had a really, really great weekend last weekend. If we're talking about college and NFL picks, a combined 10 and 2. So, hey, let's get back on this thing. We're going to jump into a break. When we get back, Emil and I talk of the top matchups in college football and give you our red-hot picks for this week. Stay tuned. Stay with us. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. <laughs> Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! The Macho Man Randy Savage is not a happy, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference. Yeah, I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it to you. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop! Come on. My way. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. Nobody does it better. Friday in week eight. We're flying through the season. Just touch back again on the uh, NFL name a lot. Listen, I don't know what's going on with the ratings. I don't dive too deep into that. I've heard they're down. I heard last week CBS was up. Nevertheless, whether they're up, down, or whatever, there have been some very entertaining games um, in the in, in the week to week. I mean, these things really are coming down to the final two minutes um, in a lot of these games, and we're getting some fantastic finishes and performances and um, hey, if you happen to be one of those people who have decided to boycott the NFL for whatever silly reason that you've decided to do that, hey, you're messing out, okay? So I hope whatever's on the Bravo channel or whatever you're binge-watching on Netflix can compare to this. Um, I say there's no comparison to live sports. It's the best reality 
show out well, live, there. Yeah, live sports is why, you know, if you notice advertising dollars have been targeted in the last decade toward live sports because the DVR has, what, it, what has it done? I mean, you watch a show, right? You DVR it. What do you do? You forward through the commercials, and advertisers are pretty astute. They understand this. The one thing most people do is they watch their sports live. Even when you you, you try not to DVR many games because you already know the result with your phone. So right. it's the best. Live sport, you got it. I'm with you. <laughs> You're all right. What you got going on over there, man? <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm on, you know I'm just on such a high today. <laughs> yeah, well, there you there you go. Hey, listen, a natural I went on, one, by I, the way. A natural one. Yeah, I went one. on a podcast two days ago. Uh, it's called The Big Three Roll-Up. Um, a very interesting podcast. It's developing a good following down here. The Big Three um, it, having to do with Florida State, Florida, and Miami. It's it's There's three guys that host the show, and one's a Miami fan, one's a Florida fan, one's a Florida fan. And uh, these guys cracked me up. So, they got we, you know, I'm on there. I'm talking to Marco and Quincy. Um, and we have a nice conversation about that and talk about, you know, at the high school and the guys that I have. There. And that's it. That's my segment. Well, I happen to listen to the podcast after my segment. These guys go on a five, 10 minute discussion as to what they think my allowance from Quincy is now that he's in the NFL. I found that absolutely. absolutely what are your allowances? A full on debate as to what, how much money they think I'm getting from my wow. monthly. Wow. Um, yeah. That's, they don't know. That's you, they don't know you then. They don't know you well, very well, then. We are a frugal people, but never, whatever. I uh, found that um, entertaining. And it's entertaining, so it's just par for the course. Yeah. Uh, just a little funny. Great. Yeah, wow. right. I like that. Yeah. I whatever you got. So what do we got Never going left. on Saturday, Chad, here? What, 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 what uh, games are you interested in? All kinds of college in? football. I don't like the slate for tonight, okay? No, um, it's, a, it's a Saturday's a, by the way, Saturday in general, um, it, it, when we go through this, is not one of the stronger, in my opinion, slates. So what's annoying the hell out of me personally, and we're going to talk about these games, is that no one at the NCAA coordinates anything with TV, and they've got probably the two better games of the weekend, Michigan-Penn State and USC-Notre Dame, on at exactly the same time. 7.30 kickoff for both. Beautiful. Good job, uh, I mean, guys. it is what it is. I saw that going through the schedule earlier this week. You know, I was like, well, one of these games should be 3.30 for crying out loud. But um, it is it is what it is. Get your thumb ready. You're going to be hitting that back button um, and finding finding your games that way. You know what's nice with cable? K- K- I don't know how these others are. I know with Xfinity, and I'm not always ready to praise Xfinity. Um, now when you hit that back button, there's about a good seven channels you could choose. So you could remember which game is where. Um, you're not in too much trouble. There. Oh, I have that on Direct TV. There's a, there's an info button where your last four that you went through you could pull up. So basically, you can keep going around it. You could set your games up in advance, hit the channels, and then basically hit that, and then you could p- pull it up real quick. Yeah, I'm going through this. Uh, I'm going through the schedule here, and I'm not seeing a whole bunch that I want to talk about. Iowa Northwestern, no, uh, I don't want to talk much about that. Indiana and Michigan State. No, um, I do, you know, you could stop me if there's a game here and just let us know that, you know, if you're going to have that game or not. But I'm looking at Michigan State, Indiana. I don't want to talk a whole lot about it. But I have on a the pick line on of, it, so I'll talk about it when we get to that segment. How's that? Good. I, I figured you would. I probably have a good idea as to which way you're going. 
Me, personally, I think this line is rather healthy in favor of Michigan State. Indiana, uh, you know, they're not world beaters, but they're going to make you play an entire 60 minutes to win. And Michigan State's sitting here at six and a half. I don't know if I'm sold on I don't know what to make Michigan State currently. I just know Indiana is a scrappy bunch. So, if I was going in any I'd be going with the Hoosiers, but we'll your team we'll game. Your team's game. If you don't, I mean, you don't pick your team, and I'm, I don't have a pick on it. I wouldn't mind talking about that. I find that game interesting, believe it or not. Syracuse, Miami. Yeah, I think it's. I don't know what to make of Syracuse. I mean, I, I look through their schedule. I saw this 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 line here. Very and Jekyll said, well, and geez. huh? Well, not just that though. They're pretty impressive for a four and three team. If you told me at the beginning of the year that Syracuse would, would go back to back at, at LSU and at NC state and be very competitive, they lost uh, 35, 26 at LSU. The next week they came back uh, on a normal week, no buy at NC state and they lose 33, 25. That's pretty impressive on the road. I mean, you know, not that those two teams are top 10 teams, but they're certainly pretty good football teams. Um, so I think Syracuse may be turning a corner, and I guess the question for me is, what do you think about Miami this week? I mean, they struggled last week in the rain. They they got out of there with the win, and that's all that really matters. Win in advance. They beat Georgia Tech 25-24 a week before they ended that streak against Florida State 24-20. So they've had back-to-back nail-biters, physical games. Uh, Syracuse rolls in here. Do you think maybe they take them a little lightly? 17 seems pretty high for this game, by the way. Well, first of all, kudos to Dino Babers for um, doing a quick, and, and let's not say that they're they're home yet, but a quick turnaround on Syracuse football in in the sense that they're a lot more competitive under his leadership, and they're doing some things here that maybe folks didn't expect them to do this year. So kudos to him. I really love their offense too, by the way. I love what they do offensively. I love the pieces that they've put into that offense and how they fit into it. There seems to be a good marriage between the type of athlete they have on that offense and what it is they're trying to run. So let me just say that right off the bat. Um, they still have some holes defensively that they need to fix. They did give up a number of big plays to Clemson, and it is Clemson. So I want to say that. Having said that, the line on this game scares me. Now, it, you know, I play this game with myself on certain games uh, when, the, when the week is young, Monday morning, and think to myself, okay, I know this game's coming up. What do I think the line on this would be? And not for the life of me did I think 17. This team has, like you said, played well. Um, they've gone toe-to-toe at NC State, who's suddenly become a power in that half of the ACC. Um, you go out and you beat Pittsburgh, then you beat Clemson, and now your reward is 17 um, against a Miami team that just got by Georgia Tech. It's a little scary. Somebody knows something. And that would lean me in the direction of the University of Miami here. Seems odd well, that they would be that big. Yeah, but you know what? I used that, that same goes. logic last week, and you were right, and I was wrong, and we'll talk about that when we get to our picks. When you when you made the pick on Utah, I said to you, I kind of felt like that was the situation there where you know Utah was getting this 13-point number at USC, and I kind of felt the way you feel about Miami, not just because they're my team. I just felt that just, it doesn't smell right. And you just said, the hell with it. I'm going to take 13 points because Utah's a scrappy bunch. And in that case, it ended up, you know, you were right. I, I don't know. I'm like you in this game. It does seem like a fat number, but I'm wondering if the number is being set a little bit based on, you know, Miami is Miami and Syracuse is Syracuse. On the heels of beating Clemson? 
I just, I think, it, you I know, think, that's the part I think that many people me believe that was a fluke. Because remember, we're looking at 17 now. This number opened at 14. It opened at 14. The public has bet this up three points to 17. Even 14, Emil. I was thinking more nine and a half, nine. Um, you know, if we were doing a show more than just once a week, um, I would play a game that they play on, on Colin Cowherd's show where he doesn't look at the lines and he has to guess what the lines are and he needs to be within, I think, two two points or three points or something to that effect. That's a great game to play. And if oh, yeah. we were playing that game, I'd have been dead wrong on this one. I would not have been thinking anything like 14 or to 17. No, I in thought my this mind, would I open out. I honestly thought this was would be an 11-point game. That was that was when I saw the schedule. I figured this would be around eleven. Yeah, so this this is strange to me, and it's a, it's it's enough for me to be highly suspicious. And again, I don't I don't pick Miami games, but the the fact that it's this far off has me leaning in their direction. They, I don't see the logic to it. No, so, I don't know. No, Some, you know what they, they they did. Too many fans are stuck thirty years ago where. There wasn't as much parity in college football, and you would have a year where four or five teams might end up undefeated. So style points mattered. The NCAA is getting very close in terms of parity um, to how the NFL is. It's not quite there yet, but there's a lot of parity. And I tell people all the time anymore, your only goal anymore is to win and advance. It's like the NCAA tournament. Miami did what they had to do last week. Could they have played better? Absolutely. But did they win? Yes. That's all they needed to do. They won. True. Um, and you had to know, and at least in their case, off of that Florida State win, it was, it, it's tough to turn around now and get prepared for an opponent like Georgia Tech, which also has me in my mind, you just, you're Syracuse, you just had a very huge upset, the hugest upset of the season so far. Now you've got to turn around and travel to Miami. That might be a tough double for them. Would you agree? I, I will. I, I, I do, and I, I, I do agree. I think what may help them a little bit is they had – I think that game was either a Friday game, so they got an extra day maybe to get it out of their system. But you're right. It's a tough it, – it's tough for a school that hasn't been there in a while playing in those type of games to pull that type of upset and then go stare down the barrel of another team that's in the top ten. Uh, no doubt about that. Yeah, and so, I mean, with a gun to my head, I'd pick Miami here. And if Miami is able to cover this number, win the game by 17, 18, 19, 20 points, um, you got to start making a serious case for Miami in the top five. Agree or, or disagree? Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, this is a – yeah, I mean, if Miami goes out and drills these guys, uh, you might not even have to make the case. Remember, as this season shakes out, when people get too wrapped up in rankings in the middle of the season – this college football kind of plays itself out. You're going to have a lot of elimination games, people playing one another. Um, you know, if Miami just keeps winning, they're going to be in the top five in short order anyway because teams are teams are losing. So that's what I say: right. win in advance. Just keep winning. That's all that matters. Yeah, and the injury uh, at quarterback for Clemson kind of makes things look a whole lot nicer for Miami should they get to the ACC championship game. Well, I mean, we'll continue to see what NC State can bring to the table, but um, um, it, it, it paints a better picture for Miami in that ACC championship game, which is where they seem to be headed. But let's not put the uh, cart before the, the horse. The cart before the horse, right. Let's not jinx yeah, sliding it. Down on, here, don't I'm be like my wife. 
Yeah, I'm going to skip over this Wake Forest, Georgia Tech. Yeah, I think the number is kind of heavy in favor of Georgia Tech. Michigan, Penn State, I have a pick on that. I don't know if you do. If you don't, please share your thoughts with us on this content. Oh, boy. I have a pick on it, too. Well, good. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see talk, how we'll we talk about it. Yeah. shape up on that one. Flying through this, don't see uh, a whole bunch here. Um, you want to talk Kansas TCU? <laughs> Uh, no, I'll skip no, that one. I was, no. I was almost going to make a pick on my Trojan game. Um, well, we're not I'm a little worried yet, that I was going to be a yeah. mouse. I was going to pick Notre Dame, believe it or not. I looked at this game and, um, USC is really banged up on the defensive line. They've got two or three kids out. Um, they're, they're going to be playing a couple true freshmen heavily in this game. And Notre Dame, you know, while they're not much of a passing team, the one thing they can do is run block. They have a couple really good offensive linemen run blocking-wise that are going to go high in the NFL draft. They run it for 300 yards a game. And I was going to say, listen, you know, just based on that matchup, I'm going to lay the three with Notre Dame and hope I'm wrong, but I just don't think I will be. But, you know, it just seems a little too easy because it's so evident. I mean, it's so evident that if I know about it, I'm thinking most people in Vegas understand the injuries, and yet this line has come from three and a half down to three, which makes me think somebody's betting USC. So I just kind of laid off the game. I don't know if you have an opinion on the game. No, I'm not picking this game. If I was, I'd be going USC, not quite sold on Notre Dame. Um, Whatever happens in this game will probably paint a a clearer picture for me. Um, But I I, I like USC in this game, not overwhelmingly, because this game – has a push written all over it. You know, I could see a 31-28 victory for Notre Dame. Uh, I could also see USC winning it. So if I was going to pick this game, I'd go USC. You know what line um, is another weird line for me? Florida State by seven over Louisville. Now, I know Louisville's not killing it, but Louisville can score and will score and does score a lot. And when you start putting out numbers over three, you start running into trouble on having someone cover that against Louisville because they're going to they're gonna score points, and Florida State will give up points. Um, I get that it's a big revenge spot. We all remember what Louisville did to Florida State in Louisville last year. I think they're still scoring points from that game. So, yes, big revenge game. But it's, this is another line that made my eyebrows go up and be like, well, maybe somebody knows something. Was not expe- I was thinking it's a tough. It's a tough game play. because both teams are money burners so far this year, point spread-wise. I mean, Louisville's 1-6 against the number. Florida State's 0-4 uh, with the push. I, I, I think they may be looking at the talent and just saying, you know, Louisville seems to have checked out. They're 4-3. and three. This wasn't what they expected in their season and Florida State's in a revenge spot, as you pointed out, and maybe it's just one of those where they just, you know, they think if you know Florida State can get up on them early, they'll they'll you know try to put the hammer down. I'm not sure Florida State has enough offense. Like you, you know, it's kind of like you're pointing out. Does Florida State have enough offense to cover that number? Yeah, because Louisville's been horrible defensively, uh, and any against any worthwhile opponent. They've just given up the, the kitty cat left and right. Purdue scored 28, North Carolina 35, Clemson 47, NC State 39, then Boston College hits them for 45 last week. Um, they're playing horribly on defense. Can Florida State take advantage of that? I see another track meet here, but uh, the number scares me, so I didn't, I didn't go with uh, yeah, I didn't go with the Yeah, I agree with you. I think, that's, I think that's probably one where with all these games, if you're picking, you're probably the better places to go than, than pick trying to figure that one out. 
Yeah, didn't mess with that one. Alabama's a slight 35 and a half point <laughs> favorite over Tennessee. Um, are, you, you think they're going to do do it like that to these guys or what? Do you think, do you think if we told Johnny Majors back in the day that, hey, there's going to be a day where Tennessee's a five-touchdown underdog against Alabama, do you think he would have would have had us committed if we could go back in time and tell him that and say Johnny would not have stood for this, even if it was plaid coat and hat himself standing on the other sideline coaching the team. There's just no way. But this is where we are, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Um, well, we can all fully expect Alabama to win this game, but should they cover the number and do so easily, this could be Butch Jones's last game. This could happen. Oh, right I, I, Chad, I do think Al, I think Alabama is going to do them really good in this game. What would be the reason? Just because? Just because Tennessee sucks. I mean, I've watched some Tennessee football this year. I mean, the first game of the year was a clue to me. I don't know. I still don't know how they won that game against Georgia Tech, the forty-two forty-one game. But when they played at home and beat Massachusetts seventeen thirteen, my eyebrow went up. I mean, I know teams have bad games. But 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 just accidentally in the second half you should beat Massachusetts by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, um, I could see a situation here if Alabama wins this game by forty points, Butch Jones is gone um, Sunday, and Larry Scott's the interim head coach for the rest of the season. Something Larry Scott knows something about. He did it at Miami. Um, I could Here's see why that I think happening. Tennessee's in trouble in the game. Okay, Alabama didn't have oh, a please, particular. Please difference. tell us why you think Alabama's going to beat Tennessee. <laughs> well, by 35. Here's why I think they're, they're in trouble in this game. Alabama did not have a particularly tough game last week, so there's nothing to take any steam out of them. They beat Arkansas 41 to nine. In two weeks, they play LSU. The key being two weeks. They've got a bye week in between. So there's really nothing that should take Alabama's focus off this game. So you got to think Alabama wants to go into that bye week on a high, you know, really playing some some good football. And if they play good football, I mean, th- th- this this could be close to that Vanderbilt game. I mean, you could be looking at something like 51-7. 51-7. I mean, would Butch keep his job, in your opinion, if that's how it goes out? I don't know how I mean, now. Li- I mean, we know he's a lame guy. Here, here's the last three he times. Okay. Let's look at recency. The last three times Tennessee played a football game, they beat Massachusetts 17-13. They lost at home to Georgia 41-0. Okay, think 41-0 at home. Then they played South Carolina at home. Wait, can I just stop 50- you real quick? Now, now that I think about that, that would be the reason for Alabama to completely obliterate Tennessee because Georgia, uh, the the eminent the – uh, opponent for them in the SEC championship game beat them by 41. And you know, 40, know they the beat them by 41, we'll beat them by 50. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's that whole what Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh were doing last year yeah. uh, to teams. And if he loses this game by 50 points, I, I don't see how he coaches the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, tough, tough situation for the the guys in Tennessee, Butch Jones being the main one. I have a pick on uh, Kentucky and uh, Mississippi State and also Oregon and UCLA. I don't know if you wanted to dive into that at all. Kentucky, Mississippi uh, State, if I were going that game, you know, on paper it just looks too easy. You want to talk about a line that just jumped off the, the, the page at me. Um, with Kentucky catching as many points there as a 5-1 and one team, I think Kentucky's a paper tiger. 
um, built built a record playing a bunch of shoddy opponents. And while they are better than they've ever been recently, I mean, I give them credit for for making the program you know competitive. I, I have a feeling they're going to get drilled in that game. So I'm cur- curious to see what you're going to say. And as far as Oregon UCLA. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get with Oregon, but I know one thing. To cover six and a half, seven points, you usually have to stop the other team, and UCLA has no interest in that. So if you're not taking Oregon, I'll be surprised. So we'll see when you get to that. We'll see about my feelings on both of those contests. Oklahoma State versus Texas, that's one worthy of talking about. High noon. Um, Oklahoma State needs to win this game if they want to continue to get the praise and consideration that they got going into the season as being possibly the best team in the Big 12. They've already lost the matchup with TCU, so a win is a must is a must is a must here for the Cowboys when they go to take on well, a Texas team that's not uh, an easy pushover. I think you're. I think if you're laying these road points, even if you win, you, if they happen to blow them out, you got the right result with the wrong reasoning. I think playing Oklahoma State in this game is dangerous. Uh, Herman has shown his ability as an underdog throughout his career. Um, you look at Texas throughout the first game, because as you always remind me, when you have a brand-new coaching staff at a new program with high expectations like a Texas, the first game can be a disaster sometimes, and it was when they lost to Maryland. You throw out the first yeah, game. there's a routine, there's, there's the there's yeah. pr- preparation. Yeah, it's all you have unrealistic routine. expectations. You come out, nobody sure. knows how to react. It's the first time you're live fire. They got that out of their system. Look at the other games. Double overtime loss to USC, 27-24 on the road. Oklahoma in the big game last week. They 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 were up late. They you know Oklahoma came back, beat them 29-24. This Texas team is a pretty good football team already, and you're getting seven points at home. And I wouldn't, I don't think the Oklahoma game took anything out of them. I think if anything, they're confident now that they can play with these teams and they belong in these games. So if it were me, I'd be taking the seven points. Got you on that one. All right, well, let's talk about what we're taking for real. Um, let's discuss our, our – we were both awesome last week in college football picks. I was 3-0. and You were 3-0. and I went with Utah, Ohio State, and Minnesota. Uh, very happy to get the backdoor cover out of the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They were seriously disappointing me for uh, most of this game, but they pulled it together at the end and uh, got, got me that final win to cap a 3-0 and yeah. Saturday. Um, same for you. You had Texas – a good pick there. South Carolina did their thing against woeful Tennessee and West Virginia was, uh, they were disappointing you there for a minute. Um, and then they went all West Virginia and, and got the win there. So three and zero for both of us. I, I believe I'm sitting at six and six and you're seven and five. Am I correct on that? No, no, no. You're I'm five and seven. Uh, I am seven and five. You're right. And you're six and six. And in the NFL, you're six and six and I'm five and seven. We got, we did what we had to do. When we went off the air last week, I said, we're both four games over under 500 overall. We got some work to do. We're back at 500 and uh, ready to take off here. Yeah, we need to do that. All right. So, you go first in college football. Let me hear what uh, you've got on, on tap this weekend. Okay, we're going to start with the uh, LSU Ole Miss game. You know, LSU somehow beat Auburn at home last week, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, Gus Malzahn has, if nothing else, made it interesting at Auburn. He, you never know what you're going to get with them. Um, and same thing with, with, L, with LSU and Orgeron. I mean, there's a team that lost at home to Troy and somehow beats Auburn, which was the top-10 team coming in. That said, they go on the road this week, and I think Ogeron is not necessarily full-time head coach material. He's the guy that can get the kids up when it's us against the world. Now they go on the road as a seven-point favorite 
at a downtrodden Mississippi program. And you know what? I think Ole Miss gets them here. I really do. I just have a feeling that you're going to get bad LSU this week, uh, you know, discombobulated offense and all that good stuff. And I'm going to grab the seven points with Ole Miss at home in this game. Okay. I, I mean, a little bit of a game, another line that scared me. Um, crazily, I, I – I, I lean in LSU's direction. I don't know why. Why would anyone want to make LSU a seven-point favorite on the road, given what they I think do? There's some rec- I think there's two things going on here. you got the recency bias of watching them win a big game last week, and you got the fact that Mississippi's, you know, their, their, their problems are well chronicled. They're three and three. I mean, this is not a world-beater Mississippi team. They got beat by 11 at Cal. So, um, you know. I just I have a feeling LSU turns up what they usually do when you start to get on their train anymore is they turn up one of those performances where they can't move the football and they're fumbling it and bumbling it and I'll take the seven. Uh, the other next gotcha. game, What's next? I don't know what to make of Michigan State. I really don't. I think they play some good defense. I think they're well coached. I'm not sure they're worthy of being six and a half point favorites against a scrappy Indiana team, as you pointed out when we went through that game. I like Indiana. I'm going to grab the six and a half points. And then finally, I'm doing this at my own peril, but you know what? I got Penn State, and I'm going to take them given nine and a half to Michigan. When I saw that line come out, there's just something that doesn't feel right. And I know I'm bucking every trend here. I mean, since James Franklin has been at Penn State, they are 2-14 and 14, uh, against ranked opponents and 6-10 and 10 against the spread in those games versus ranked opponents. So, I'm asking them to win a game by double digits against a ranked opponent, but I'm just not sold on Michigan's quarterback. I mean, I think he's going to make mistakes in this game that are going to lead to short fields, put the Michigan defense in a hole. It's an elite defense, but even an elite defense is going to break if they're, you know, if you put their back against the wall enough. And I think that's going to happen. Penn State's at home. I think they roll this week and uh, sets up a big game next week against Ohio State. Interesting. I have a pick on that game, so we'll see. I know you do. So let it rip. I got Ole Miss, Indiana, and Penn State. Oh, okay. I'm a little little off. Indiana. All right. Uh, Here's what I got. I'm going to go on the opposite side of that Michigan-Penn State game with you. Maybe you're not sold on the quarterback for Michigan. I don't think anyone is. I'm really sold on the coach, especially in a spot like this. There's no one more competitive than the Jim Harbaugh, and he has to be licking his chops at the Vegas line on this contest. Um, you're going to make us a nine-and-a-half point. It's going to be so easy for him to get that defense juiced up that I think they're going to be all over the place. Two things. You're a nine-and-a-half point underdog. They're disrespecting you. Um, we don't even think that these guys are going to score ten points. That's just how we think defensively here. We're also facing the – um, odds on favorite to be the Heisman Trophy winner. So we've got a lot of things that we could target here. And I just think in a game like this, in a situation like this, I think Michigan performs, especially uh, under this particular coach. I don't know how many times they've been an underdog in a game. Last year they were an underdog once. That was at Ohio State. They covered the number in a very tight contest. I don't know that they've been – an underdog this season. Certainly they have not been an underdog this big, I don't think, under Harbaugh's watch. And um, I just think there's way too much motivation on the side of Big Blue in this contest. So I'm going to back them here against Penn State. I'm not – you know what? If they can go out 
and, and cover this number and do what it is odds makers are saying they can do against Michigan, then you know what? I'll go ahead and hitch my wagon uh, to Penn State and say that they're all that. But, you know, wins over Northwestern, Indiana, Iowa, and, and Pittsburgh are just not going to do it for me. This is a real live opponent coming in here to face uh, Penn State, and I just – I I I'm, I need to see something. I, I understand your logic. Right. I mean, I'm I'm bucking some trends here, and you know, your logic, your logic is is what I expected you to come with, and it makes. Yeah, it makes I think sense. there's a little bit extra sauce and chalk put on this thing because it was a 49-10 game in favor of Michigan in Ann Arbor last year. So I think the odds makers may be going a little bit too heavy on. Well, they the, may be playing to the fans because fans sure. tend to be emotional. Penn State's sure, ranked number two Barkley right now. And, yeah, you've got a lot going on with Penn State. I think it might be a little heavy. I'm I'm expecting a very good football game in okay. this one. Okay, fair enough. Football, what else you got? Uh, would certainly like that. So Kentucky and Mississippi State. We're on the opposite side of uh, this one um, as well. But you know, you well, didn't I have didn't it. Pick it. Pick. I said you didn't, I didn't, didn't have it, it as a pick. You say yeah. Mississippi State. I saw Kentucky live. Um, I like what Kentucky does. And maybe they're not good enough, per se, to win this game. Uh, I just know they can, they're can. they a tough bunch. Um, they know how to hang around. And they could certainly score. They are capable of playing some defense. You're a 5-1 football team. And someone wants to make you a double-digit, almost two-touchdown underdog. 12 points you're getting, my friend. 12 yeah, points. Mississippi State. Um, who lost 49 to 10 to Auburn and 31 to three to Georgia? Um, their their only claim to fame is a 37-7, almost flukish win over LSU. If LSU goes out and wins again this week, I'm just I'm I'm not I'm not sold on that. This team went and played Florida tough. I'm talking about Kentucky. Um, went and got a road win against Missouri. Went to South Carolina and beat the Gamecocks. Kentucky's tested, and I think they're going to take big offense to this. So I'm going to back Kentucky in this one as a 12-point underdog. And then okay. um, UCLA, Oregon, man, you you knew where I was going with this. <laughs> UCLA is so allergic to defense. Um, they so just don't like that. They're almost Big 12-ish in their ways. And you've got to be able to stop people if you're going to be covering numbers like this. And they just don't do that. Here are the defensive numbers for UCLA. They gave up 44 to A&M, 23 to Hawaii, 48 to Memphis, 58 to Stanford, 23 to Colorado, 47 to Arizona. It's a party uh, offensively when you go to play UCLA. I want you to process this. Process this. UCLA gives up 523 yards per game, 313 Mm -hmm. a game on the ground. On the ground. Now it's a, it's amazing what they've been able to do, and if there's something that Oregon can do, it's run the ball. And um, I just don't see how they're going to be able to distance themselves enough from Oregon, who's coming off of a absolutely humiliating loss to Stanford, forty-nine to seven. If Oregon can't get their act together and and go down here and beat UCLA or or get blown out by UCLA, I don't feel good about the rest of their season because after this UCLA game. They've got Utah and they've got Washington. It's going to be it's not going to be a good end to this season if Oregon can't go down here and take the fight to UCLA. So I'm going to back Oregon in this case. I may never back them again if they can't get this job done from here. So I'm I'm on Oregon and that's where we're at. So Michigan nine and a half, Kentucky plus twelve, and Oregon. I'm like the puppies this week. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to do the same thing for the NFL. When we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show, we also have someone on the line here. We may need to check it, but we'll be back right after this. 
Sure, someone's gone. Winch is here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. It's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Here, Eastern Time, Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. We just wrapped up our college football segment and dosed out the hot college football picks for you. Now we roll into the uh, NFL, but I do see that we have a caller on the line. I'm not sure if they're here just to listen or if they want to talk to us, so let's find out. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, what's going on, fellas? This is Bryce calling from Brooklyn. How you doing? Bro- uh, a fellow Brooklynite. <laughs> doing well, doing well. I see you guys talking some football, and I know you're getting to the NFL. I wanted to talk Steelers and Bengals. Yeah, well, drop that on us. Um, before you start, um, I, was, I, I was a big supporter and continue to be a big supporter of the Cincinnati Bengals coming into the season. I said they were going to be the division winner. First two weeks were rough. Uh, my co-host here, um, who you know is prone to doing this, hit me up after those first two weeks and tried to make me feel really, really bad about that pick. Um, but, you know, he hasn't said much to me well, at all. Wait, I have a question for Bryce. You're in Brooklyn. Um, and, and before Chad says anything, I know the Yankees are based out of the Bronx, Chad. Bryce, are you a Yankee fan? You know what, guys, to be honest, and I need to just be real clear out myself. I'm hey, not you're, only you're, not off, a you're off the line if you say Mets fan. I'm just letting you know. But go ahead. No, no, no. no I'm actually not a baseball fan. Uh, Fair enough. I really much good. But if I was, I would actually have to root for my hometown Pirates because I'm born and raised Pittsburgh. Well, I knew oh, something was up okay. if you're from Brooklyn and you want to talk Bengals um, Steelers. So, right. gotcha. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, well, we got gotcha. you. But I'm really born and raised in Pittsburgh, so you know what team. And what so you want to tell us about how, how the Steelers are going to do the Bengals on uh, on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, feel free. Let let loose on that. You, you, your quarterback's halfway retired, but go ahead. Tell us. 
Listen, I tell you what, my quarterback halfway retired is still better than Andy Dalton will ever be. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Let's understand that. Um, you know, I think it comes out to no, but, you know, I do try to – I mean, you guys may not agree after I say this, but I do try to be objective in my analysis. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a good game. I do think the mental edge goes to the Steelers because we are in the Bengals' head. Um, I think we know we can beat them. They have beaten us in spots, but they still think are undecided on whether they feel they can beat us consistently. And I think it starts with physicality. Um, I think the Bengals are better on paper than they are actually on the field. I think over the last few years, when they've gotten to a nice um, place of respectability in a regular season, they fooled a lot of a lot of the fans thinking, oh, maybe this is the year the team does it. When you look at the team from top to bottom, it's a good team on paper, but it's not really built to handle multiple injuries and guys out for extended periods of time. I think that makes them better on paper than it is um, on the field. They have won their last two games. Gutsy called us just the offensive coordinator. I think it comes down to physicality. Can they stop the run and run the football in Pittsburgh? They have the Bengals have been abysmal trying to run the ball against Pittsburgh for years. I don't see that changing. I mean, if it's going to change, it's going to change this year. Pittsburgh's been susceptible to the stretch run. Uh, they've been susceptible to some run plays. Uh, pass defense has gotten better. But if they can't do it this year, and they can't do it in this game, then they're not going to win. I think Pittsburgh has shown they can run the football in Cincinnati. They've done it consistently over the years. Um, so I'm going to – I think it starts there and goes from there. I think playing at well, home – Well, hey, well, a couple off, things for you to consider here. Pittsburgh wins it. Yeah, a couple of things for you to con- consider here, and we, we expected nothing other than for you to predict a Pittsburgh win here, by the way. So neither one of us co-hosts are shocked. And that's okay, now, because usually I, I used to predict a Cowboy win every week, Bryce, but, but I've stopped that even. Yeah, he's, <laughs> learned through, he's learned through heavy drinking that he shouldn't yes. do that. But nevertheless, Pittsburgh's won three in a row, and six of the last eight. So if you believe in the they're about due theory, then it's time for Cincinnati to win uh, uh, the game here. The other part is, do you feel at all uncomfortable that Pittsburgh comes into this division game off of a huge win last week against Kansas City? Does that bother you at all? Um, You know, normally it would. Pittsburgh has a tendency to play down. It is a division game, and it's against the Bengals, and it's at home. And the last time Pittsburgh played at home, they laid an absolute egg. I think they're going to come out ready to go. I think they want to prove – play hard for the home fans. I mean, you always want to, but you want to get still wash that stink off your last home performance. So I think this is a time to get right going against the division opponent. When you got a chance to really not only lay claim to the, a real stranglehold on the North, but really take over uh, the number one seed in the AFC if you get a win. So I don't think that'll be a problem. Uh, one more quick question. You know what? I don't I'm going to say Emil this, Bryce. He one wants thing. to uh, drop in here, but hold on, Emil, real quick. How did you feel a couple weeks ago with uh, Antonio Brown's outburst in the middle of the game uh, when it was open and didn't get the football? What, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, I had no problem with it. Absolutely no problem with it. I'm glad he did it. I think it's about, it's about freaking time. The offense, you know, t- tends to play too sluggish. I think Todd Haley gets too lethargic in the play calling and, and him and Ben call the plays. So I think they just get way too lethargic. Um, they get undisciplined and they get kind of greedy. So it just start relying on the deep ball and, and he didn't get the football. I think when he wanted it, I think there had been weeks of frustration. I'm glad a future hall of famer went off on another one because Ben Roethlisberger hmm. has simply not played as well as he should for his status. 
And I've seen him get on receivers when they miss throws and wave his arms and histrionics. So, hey, this is the NFL. He needed to be gone. They need, someone needed to go off on him because he just was not playing the way he needs to play. He's getting a little better, but he needs to continue to play better, and they need to be smarter on offense. To play with good. Him. I mean, that's a good, that's a good interesting problem. take. It's, it's, a, it's opposite of some things that I've heard, but a uh, very good take by you. Emil, did you have anything you wanted to ask him about? No, I don't necessarily have a problem with Bryce's take. I will say that I don't think, you know, it's hard for Brown to complain. I mean, you, you, you know what his targets are. I mean, the guy's been targeted 74 times already this season in six games. But he was so wide open on this play. I, I understand, and I'm not arguing. Listen, I have no problem when guys get emotional on a football field. It's an emotional game. I think fans and analysts make way more out of it than what, how the players treat it. I just think it's one of those things that they all understand. you got a bunch of testosterone running around down there. You're in a competitive situation. You're jacked up. You go off and you move on. I don't I mean uh, I, I don't make that much of it. So I think, you know, Bryce, you're fine. I think your take is probably closer to where I would fall out on that. Well, Bryce, yeah, man, I mean, we look, really uh, – go ahead. Oh, well, just real quick, he didn't get the football there, but I do wonder because Ben just hadn't been playing well. Was it a growing frustration of just, you know, not only on this play, but my goodness, we got to do better than this. I mean, yeah, we're, uh, we're perhaps it, it did look like something that was uh, brewing and probably boiled over. Listen, we got to run. We appreciate you listening. I'm going to leave you on in case that's the way you're listening to the show, man. But by all means, uh, feel free to, to uh, call us uh, once again when we're here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate, Thanks, uh, appreciate the talk. All right, let's jump in real quick to our picks, and then if we've got time, we could discuss maybe some of the other uh, some of the other important games that are being played this weekend. I'm going to go first here with my selections, and uh, I'm just kind of looking at some things that uh, this week I think I'm going with what the, what's not likely, and I'm going to pick that, all right? Uh, okay. Green Bay is uh, – they've got a game this weekend. Um, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers is, is hurt, the Packers are still going to play football this weekend. They announced that on Monday that they would go ahead and play the game, even though Aaron is hurt. And uh, as such – um, because Aaron's down, and this is how much he means, someone wants to make the uh, Saints favorites on the road on grass. Uh, I, I, they're actually yeah, no. doing that. Um, I believe in Brett Hundley. Didn't look all that great when he came in to his defense. Brett Hundley um, admitted he got no reps during the week, and why should he? I mean, Aaron is Aaron. He needs all those reps, and he plays. Um, and he's, you know, not a guy that's out of the lineup. So Brett took no reps. He took reps this week. It's going to be a different called game. The Packers are going to be so much different offensively, I think. The plays will be the same, but not the way that they're run. And I don't think the Saints will be prepared for it. Difficult for the, anyone um, to prepare for the Packers the first week that they play without Aaron Rodgers because he's so much a part of that. I think it's going to be a problem for the Saints who gave up uh, would they give up 80 points in a win last week? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and, you know, you're asking them to cover four points in the NFL is is a big number. It really is. Yeah, I think I think the Packers um, in the short term here are going to answer the call with Aaron Rodgers out. Will you know what they do long term will have a lot to do with just how ready Brett Hundley is. But I think one week after this injury, uh, the defense will be on high alert, and everyone else around Brett Hundley will uh they're a championship minded team. They'll act like champions in this week and will not stand for being 
uh, an underdog at home, especially against the New Orleans Saints. So I'm going to go with the Packers here. Hey, something else that seems highly unlikely given the way that they played and they've been playing the Baltimore Ravens covering a spread on the road, but I'm going to take them against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, the Vikings are, you know, a tough team. They're a team that tends to play all their games, you know, close to the vest. Um, yes, they're coming off a huge win against Green Bay last week. That's probably going to have them a little too giddy. But, um, you know, the week before that, narrowly beating Chicago, then they narrowly lose to Detroit. And that's just kind of how Minnesota plays. I think they're going to be a little too high off of the win last week. And uh, Baltimore is going to be embarrassed about losing to Chicago. So I think the motivation is on the side of the Baltimore Ravens in this one. So I'm going to back them in this contest. And then finally, Carolina going on the road against Chicago. Uh, The Bears are starting a rookie quarterback, and he does look like a rookie. Not saying he's not going to be good. He just looks like a rookie right now. And the Bears aren't the greatest team. Can't see them putting back-to-back wins together here, uh, especially with the second team in that back-to-back being a Carolina Panthers team who lost last week and comes in here uh, full, full of motivation. Um, Carolina, not happy about the loss at home against Philadelphia, comes in uh, very strong at their best and takes out the, the Chicago Bears team with the uh, wet behind the ears rookie at quarterback. So that's what I'm going with. I'm going Green Bay plus four, Baltimore plus six, and Carolina as a three-point favorite on the road against the Bears. Okay, well, I like. I mean, I can't say I disagree with any of your logic or picks there. I mean, that's where I'd be on all those games, except I found three others I like more. First, I'm going to start with, if Bryce, you're still out there, don't be mad at me, but I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals plus five what? points against the you're Steelers. you what? I'm going to take the Bengals, and I'm going to tell you why. You know, you throw out the first two clunkers where I was having some fun with you. The Bengals' last three games on the road at Green Bay, they lost 27-24 played really good football, held the Packers to 334 yards of offense. They went to Cleveland, a road game in the NFL. Cleveland stinks, I know, but they beat them 31-7, held the, the Browns to 215 yards of offense, then home against a decent Bills team, 20-16, to turned it over three times, still won the game. They were minus two turnover differential, which is almost an automatic loss in the NFL. They won the game and held the Bills to 210 or 211 yards of offense. So, I like what Cincinnati's doing, and I think the Steelers really, really put out a ton of effort last week in that game against sure. Kansas City. Yeah, you could time. see it coming off the loss to Jacksonville. Division game or not, I think it's going to be very hard for them to equal that intensity this week, and if they don't, this game has all the makings of a three-point game one way or another, so I'll take five in the Bengals. Okay. Next, I'm going to roll, you know, I'm a closet Rams fan. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, but if I had a second team, it would be the Rams back in the you day. Love you love all things L.A., I've noticed. I do. And back when you were rooting for Eric Dickerson, so was I as long as he wasn't playing the Cowboys. But I'm going to tell you something. Something doesn't look right to me here. The Rams won a road game last week at Jacksonville. You had them. That was a nice pick. They're 4-2. and two. They're playing good football. I like what the coach is doing. But the Cardinals got, when they got a little Adrian Peterson last week, they got a little of their confidence back. I think they knew when David Johnson went out they couldn't run the ball, and Carson is not going to carry a team. I think they feel like now they got a guy that, while he may not be Adrian Peterson of five years ago, he's still a guy who can get you 100 yards and do some damage. They're getting three points. They've got a really good defense there. I like the Cardinals to climb back into this race in the NFC West and win this game outright, so I'm going to grab them plus the three against the Rams. Yeah, that Peterson pickup looks like something huge. If he can continue it, 
um, and stay healthy and run like that every week, Arizona now becomes the force that I thought they would be going into this season. Yes, they disappointed early, and I think think they're going to straighten some stuff out. Here's a game that I think everybody's going to run to the wrong window, get the wrong ticket here. I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, you are six. on the you are on the Cowboys games every week. Oh, and six. I'm taking them plus six, and let me tell you why. Here's the San Francisco 49ers schedule. After getting beat by 20 in their opener against Carolina, at Seattle they lost by three. They played those Rams on Thursday Night Football, which is, in LA, which is usually a, a, a bad spot for a road team. They lost by two, 41-39. Then they played three three straight road games at Arizona. Okay. They lost by three. At the Colts, they lost by three in overtime. At Washington last week, they lost by two. This team hasn't lost a game since week one by more than a field goal. They are becoming more competitive. The Cowboys played last year at San Francisco with a team that went 13-3, and and they won the game 24-17. Dallas is a circus right now. Jerry Jones is more worried about national anthem protests. I don't like the vibe there at all. You're asking a lot to win this game by touchdown on the road. I'll take for the 49ers plus six. Yeah, add to that that the Cowboys um, are are you know off of the Giants' win, have this game, and then they're they're playing Washington on the road um, in their next contest. So, yeah, that's a that's a tough little sandwich. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really, you know, listen, Dallas may win the game. I'll be rooting for them to win the game. But I think this game is going to be another type ball game. And if you're an odds maker, when you're saying in the NFL, go win a game on the road by six or more points, you're basically saying you've got a really strong football team. Now, Dallas on paper may appear really strong, but what's going on there right now doesn't give me the vibe of a team that's got their act together that can do that kind of damage. And I'd be impressed if they won this game by double digits. That would say something to me. Yeah, uh, real quick before we end our segment here, and I, we, I, I slide into high school football talk. The Jets are taking on the Dolphins. It's a rematch of a game earlier this season. I had a chance to watch that game, Emil. I watched, uh, I watched it pretty good. The Jets, the Jets hammered the Dolphins with, with, with one play on offense. And I was just stunned at how long it took the Dolphins to make an adjustment to this play. They went into the middle of the third quarter to to fix it, and by then it was already a mess. The Dolphins have come around offensively. They're trying to they're finding their way there a little bit. So this game should be different. Odds makers are saying that it should be. The Dolphins are you know your traditional three point favorites at home. Uh, the Jets disappointed after you know off of the loss against New England last week, but the Jets aren't the franchise where they, they can come out angry after a loss. I mean, losing is what they've been doing. I do kind of like the Dolphins in this one. Uh, it's hard for me to back Miami or the Jets. I think both of these teams are still fine in their way. I mean, Miami is getting 240 yards a game of offense. It's it's hard for me to get excited about taking that That's at the crazy. same time. That's how abysmal they've been on that side of the ball. Yeah, it's hard for me to take a Jets team coming off a game where they probably felt they they could have beaten New England last week, and now they're on the road against Miami. I don't know what the Jets are going to offer in this game. I do know I think the Dolphins' win against Atlanta was a little bit of a product of the Falcons got up 17 nothing, got full of themselves. And as you often talk about in football, once you take that emotional uh, you know, foot off the pedal. Tough to get it back. It, yeah. Tough to get it back. And Atlanta had this game looming this week with the Patriots, a game I'm sure they'd love to, you know, 
exact some measure of revenge for that Super Bowl. And I, I think they probably mid-second quarter started thinking about the Patriots and forgot they still had to beat the Dolphins. So I'm not so sure what we can glean from that Dolphin win. Now, if they double up and they come out and take care of the Jets this week, then maybe the Dolphins are headed in the right direction. But if they go lay an egg, it just tells me that they, they were just a victim of Atlanta not focusing on them. This ends up being a pretty good game for the Dolphins. Uh, a lot uh, that we can determine as to how the rest of their season will be will be told and how they handle this game right here, uh, a game that they need to win. You can't go 0-2 um, in this season against the New York Jets and, and then think you're going to have anything. Yeah, division, let's the face it, in the division, home games you have to hold serve. I mean, that's kind of the, the formula in the NFL. Division, home game. You, you're supposed to win, and if you can steal a few division road games, then you have a good season. Not about it. The last thing we're going to talk about is the game you touched on, the Super Bowl rematch, Atlanta traveling to New England. Hey, listen, Atlanta, you, you lost the game last week. Um, that's in vain if you go out and you lose to New England here. You, you, you lost that game thinking where they go handle your business. And typically what I've noticed is that uh, these Super Bowl revenge games that lost the Super Bowl tend to come back the, in, the, in the regular season matchup the next year and, and handle their business. So I'm, I think this I'm is a big game for Atlanta and more than just the record and standings. I think this game will either catapult them into a different realm this season where they get their mojo back and then start to dominate. Because I do believe top to bottom, Atlanta has the best roster in the NFC. Now, I, that doesn't mean they're going to win. And I do think they miss Shanahan not being their coordinator. But I think if they can win this game, they can get some of that back. Conversely, I think if they lose, there may be some damage to their psyche uh, that they can't recover from, especially when you couple it with that Super Bowl and the way they lost it. I expect Atlanta to win this game. I don't like what New England's doing defensively. They did nothing to change my mind last week against the Jets, so I, I expect Atlanta to play well in this game. Yeah, um, and, and so do I. So we agree on that. All right, man, well, we'll wrap it up. That's our college and our NFL segment. Got to talk some high school football next. So Amos on his way out. Partner, enjoy the weekend. Um, you too, my friend. Don't, don't harass me about anything that you see on there. These texts better be of, of calming nature if something's not going my I'm way. I'm rooting for a Yankee-Dodger World Series, so we'll be on the same side of that this weekend, okay? Well, uh, yeah, my weekend will kick off absolutely in the best way possible if the Yankees can go out and close this thing out and not have to put me through some kind of a panicky, heart-palpitating um, Game 7. I'm not interested in that. Let's get the job done tonight, Yankees. So we can get these Yankee Dodgers. And that will also ruin your Saturday football watching because you'll be like I was last Saturday trying to watch a USC game and a Dodger game at the same time. You'll be watching the Yankees, Notre Dame, USC, and Penn State, Michigan. Your thumb will be on ice Sunday morning. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, Florida has the week off, so I'm actually going to be able to watch some college football. I'd like to watch it in peace. You hear me that, Yankees? Let's get it done tonight. All right, Amel, you're out. Um, Bye. Uh, football is up next here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, 
Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Here on the Gridiron Stud Show, talk the college football, talk the NFL football. What's left? It's not flag football. It's not Canadian football. It's high school football. And uh, no better place to talk high school football or about the kind of high school football than the kind of football we play down here in the state of Florida. And when you talk high school football, you're talking Joshua Wilson from Florida, HS, FLA HS football uh, on Twitter, one of the best Twitter follows. On a Friday night, um, when you need those scores, you need to know what's going on all around the state. Josh, thanks for joining me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, man, it's uh, it's hard to believe we're week nine. <laughs> it should be week seven. Already, <laughs> we're flying, man. It's we're flying. <laughs> yeah, we're flying now, but you know, and 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 and, and people, uh, you look at it this way: people are really, really on 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 edge now with this point system. They're like. This can't be possible. This is not happening. Why is this happening? Well, what's what's going on with Booker T? No, it's like you hear all sorts of things, and I tell you what, is is what a Frank Beasley of the FHA has told me. You know, and I agree with him one hundred percent on this. Maybe one thousand percent. It put a shot of adrenaline back in the sport. Oh yeah, no no doubt about that. You know, definitely no doubt about that. Uh, we had a number of uh, games last night. Why, why do we have so many Thursday games? Uh, just the schedule. This is the typical normal schedule with with everything going on. So it's that it's the way it is. Yeah. Um, okay. Just one of those. Just one of those things that happen. Uh, before we get into this week's games, let's talk a little bit about one that I was heavily involved in last week. Big five A matchup between number one American Heritage and number two Cardinal Gibbons. What were your thoughts on that game? Hey, it was a dogfight. That was what I was thinking. Hey. Dogfight, and, and, and you know what? I'll tell you this: it, 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 that that game, you know, I mean, American Heritage, yeah, is still there on top, but it shows that Cardinal Gibbons is getting better at their game. And boy, if, if you're if you're if you're any team outside of District 16 right now, 
you, you, you better you better better be keeping yourself an eye on both American Heritage and Gibbons because they're going to come at you in the playoffs. Yeah, um, definitely one. And what a great atmosphere uh, out there at Cardinal Gibbons last Friday. Felt like how high school football should feel. Um, the standing room only. People in the in the fences right beyond the end zone. Um, you had the Miami Dolphins network uh, streaming the game, um, radio personalities. Hell, you even had the great Olympian Carl Lewis there uh, in the game because the University of Houston is recruiting uh, Anthony Schwartz from American Heritage, both for, uh, for track and football. So it was a celebrity feel there. Um, and, and a great feeling for, I wish more high school football games down here were like that, Josh. Uh, you know, and I, I, to be honest with you, I think you're going to get that in the playoffs. It's going to get that atmosphere. It's going to be like, because I mean, you, you look at, you look at some of the projections now. I mean, you talk about, you talk about that district of death down there in 6A-16. Ooh, man, some possible possible rematches in the first round. Ooh, that gets – it's one of those things. It's like you, you start looking at some of these potentials, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> you know, can right. We, can, we, can, we have, can we have bigger crowds for round one games? And that's what the aim is, is, is and make the round one games as just as exciting as should be the third round. We shouldn't be having to wait until the third or fourth round to get an exciting game. We should be having third games, exciting games, Every single round until we get to Orlando, you know. Sure, that's, and, that's the so, way it and, and so I guess this that already answers the next question I was going to ask you. I know you were not a big fan of the last system that was in place for uh, for for getting the playoffs together for high school football here in the state of Florida. So, uh, would you call the point system a success? And uh, if if that's what you call I, it, do you think there's any tweaking that needs to be done with the system, or you you love it just the way it is? Oh, I, I, it, it, it's 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 showing that it's going to be a success in in the sense of what, what you're seeing with a lot of teams. I still think there should be there's definitely got to be tweaks made. I think one of the tweaks that really needs to happen is add another set of bonus points for playing up. So basically, you know, after in my thought, okay, you get one one point additional for playing a team up a high a class higher than you, uh, two points for playing two classes higher, and three points for Playing three or higher, you know that's that's in my mind. You know, some people say, "Oh, that's not that's not fair to the AA schools." No, keep the bonus points for playing a playoff team, but mm-hmm. add bonus points for playing up if you're you're you're, you're in seven A through one A. You know, that's the thing. And, and and I and I suggested one A and two A be treated as the same because of the way they are, and technically look at okay, one A two A is the same. So basically, if they play a three A school, that's considered playing up, but a one A playing a two A ain't playing up. Correct well, me if I'm wrong you know, in, this, in this thinking, Josh. Um, you know, you're free to do almost what you want scheduling-wise outside of your district. But for a team that's trying to come up, let's say, um, mm-hmm. and you want to try and schedule harder games, and you can't get the respect from some of these opponents that you want to schedule, and so they don't bother with you, doesn't that keep you forever because there is a point system uh, doesn't that kind of keep you forever in 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 that zone where you're you know you you're not going to get a ton of points? Do you understand where I'm coming from there? Uh, yeah. It, if, if you're a no it, name it or a nobody, on. you might you might end up staying a no name and a nobody because you can't get the you can't get those type teams on your schedule that'll boost your point total. 
Uh, well, some 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 are saying that, but you know, I'm looking at some of these teams now that are you know potentially you know they're either right there looking at getting in or just knocking on the door, and some of them are those no name teams. They're not, and you're seeing you're seeing like a Booker T. Washington all of a sudden sitting there back in seventh in the region because they can't seem to get. With they're 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 seeing the other teams are having success, but but you know again it goes all back to you know some of these teams scheduling tougher. You've got to you've got to win some of those games. You just can't go schedule them and then go go two and eight on the schedule and expect to be in the playoffs because you schedule tough. You know you have to win games. You can't just play them and say oh I played the tough schedule and let me in. Sure, sure, you know, yeah, and, and, and you, and you definitely no, understand. No names. Yeah, you definitely understand that no point. Names. Right, but the no names like you, you look at you know when is when was the last time Key West was totally relevant in, in talking about a playoff berth? It's been a long True. time. Now here True. they are. Now here they are knocking on the door. And so it, it's like you know, wait a second. And for all that Key West went through with Hurricane Irma and the fact that she's right. still undefeated in football, and they're believe it, amazing. King's really? Academy is undefeated. Yeah, and they're playing. It's a it's a big showdown tonight between them and King's Academy, who's another team. That, you know. When was Kings Academy relevant in the last time in playoff talk? And now they're talking about potential playoff berth. Been it, about a it's decade. All about, it's been a while. And that's the thing is that we got and, – and, and, and I tell people, these things come and go in cycles. But, see, here's another thing I'm going to point out for this week, tomorrow night when Carroll City and Booker T go ahead to head. If Booker T wins that matchup, then I will consider some, you know, okay, yeah, maybe maybe there's something there that needs to be tweaked with the system a little bit in in favor that Booker T. Yeah, probably could have could use some additional bonus points because yeah, they are playing a tougher schedule. But if they don't beat Carroll City and then and then and all of a sudden and then I'm going like, okay, well, you know, if something's not here. You know, this, the you know you got to win some of these games. You just can't you can't play all your regular opponents if you've beaten the last four or five years and all of a sudden you start losing all of them. But the one right, the and they're not expected to beat Cal City, by the way. No, no, and, and but if Booker T doesn't beat Evans next week, that will definitely be my sign to say, hey, look, that Booker T thing is no matter what classification they've been in, if they can't yeah. beat Evans, there's something more on the field than it is about that schedule. Yeah, well, I think if, if the the reason for them not beating Evans, if that were to happen, is this they're just so downtrodden from the multiple losses exactly that they've taken. I mean, point. yeah, that's a shock to Booker T's system. They just have not been in this place in quite some time, and so it's new ground for them, and maybe they don't handle it mentally the way that they should. And then I and I say and I say something, and, 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 and these things and these things come and go in cycles in high school football. You can't be expected to win twenty years straight or something like that. Right. It, that's just that's just, it, that's just hypothetically impossible. And and really, to be honest, I mean, some teams have to be have to have to really you know a, a, a serving a humble pie every once in a while probably helps you out once you realize like, wait a second, you can't always just be expected to win. Yeah, um, no doubt about that. Just to clear some things up, um, you've got a number of coaches, and I'm not going to say head coaches, probably assistants. Head coaches are more keen on this thing along with the athletic directors and just really understanding the ins and outs of how the point system works. But maybe a lot of assistants have just gone the way of, and I was guilty of this early on, of, you know, I'm not going to worry about this whole point system thing. We just go out and we win each and every week. We'll be fine. But just to clear some things up, 
the point system um, as it works in, in, in the regions, it's just not going to be a thing where you slate the one through eight based on the points. The top four in each region are going to be the district winners. Am I correct on that? And then after right. that, the points come right. into play for the continued season. Right. And, uh, right. And you're high, yeah. And five, eight, three, eight, eight. Yeah. The top four is the, the top four is, is the, is the district champion. So that will not be determined until the FHA puts out the bracket on the selection show on November 5th. I mean, nobody right. will know exactly what's going to, I mean, they might be able to guesstimate if they're, if they're trying to keep track of their region and stuff, but, Again, it, the final the final award comes from Gainesville, not anybody else. Sure, sure. And just to give your so, website a plug here on FloridaHSFootball.com, you can go and see the current point totals and district records along with projected seedings um, and how if, you know, at this current moment what the, the matchups would be. And it's a good thing for, for people to take a look at. So um, they could head over to your website, yes. FloridaHSFootball.com, and see that and kind of get an idea of where you are. I know that's good for fans, and people love to speculate leading up to this thing. It ha- kind of has that college football feel to it. That's another good thing about oh, yeah, the whole point exactly. total thing is that it allows for that to go on some debate and all that other good stuff. So you can see that oh, on your website. Debate. You mentioned 5888, that that's how that's going to work. What's different from, from the classes below that? Well, because you have no districts, it's all it, it just, it's just four regions. They're taking the highest four point totals out of each region and they're seeding them one through four. So it's, Pretty much again, you 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 will not know until the final after again November fifth, you know when they release the brackets and stuff, and you know, on the selection show. I mean, it's really going to come down to the wire, down to the very end. You know, people are going to be edge on that Sunday. Mm-hmm. What is their playoff fate? Some teams, I mean, the teams that will win their districts, they're going to know that they're in. They just don't know who they're going to play. I mean, you're talking about okay Sunday. And some teams might be getting ready for a game Thursday night because of you know down down in Miami, you know right. having to you know figure out stadium scheduling, and then 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 getting ready for a game. Almost everybody's getting ready for a game on Friday. You're basically talking a four or five day window. That's it. You don't have a two week window to get ready for your playoff. playoff yeah, game. I mean that's that's so, the other crazy part of this. Um, I'm on your website right now and looking at region you know region four A dash four. Um, and I'm seeing, yeah. I'm seeing four seeds here. Is that how this is going to go? So there's, there's, how, how's that working there? Right. So two games, 16 playoff bracket, 16 okay, playoff gotcha. bracket. You'll see, there's one less, there's one less round in the, in the, in your, in your, in the, in the, in the, okay. in the bracket. Now there, there's some ideas there's some ideas floating around that, you know, man, cause since now there's more teams in these regions and stuff that, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we can increase it a little bit, maybe get a couple more people in. Per region, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, 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 there's some ideas that are being floated. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff being floated for different ideas out there. So it, it you know, I mean, I, I'd be open to seeing them take more teams out of the regions now since you're getting more teams. It's just what it, you know. It's just again, it's a matter of just okay. How, it, it, will it work logis- logistically? If you take six teams per region, you're the first two seed to buy round the first round. So you still have a re- you basically you'll, you'll reintroduce a regional quarterfinal back to those classifications. It puts everybody on the same scheduling for how the rounds work. That means everybody will play a state semifinal the, the first weekend of December, state championship mm-hmm. the second weekend of December. So that, right. that, 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 exactly. that's kind of like maybe the idea. And I sure. Think, and in looking know, at yeah, and looking at Region Four A Dash Four here, man, this is it's pretty tight. 
Um, not, I mean, oh, one yeah. point separates university school and the, the Key West team that you mentioned. Uh, you've got uh, less than two points separating Monsignor Pace and Gulliver Prep as your top four. And then you've got right outside of that, um, basically on Glade the outside Central. looking in of the playoffs, Glade Central and North Broward Prep and even Booker T, uh, all within, uh, you know, less than two points of that fourth spot currently being held by Gulliver Prep. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I mean, if, if Booker T somehow gets through and wins these next two games, that'll help them out. But, you know, again, I, I, if I'm looking at it right, I don't think they have rescheduled any of those games at all that they lost during the hurricane, which they probably could have used. You know, that's that's another thing right there is can they can, you know, and that's another question that's been raised. It's like, okay, well, some of these teams going to be able to, you know, w- w- if they start seeing that they're on the edge for a playoff spot, are they going to reschedule some of those games they decided not to make up, and then all of a sudden they're they're in a ra- they're in a rush to reschedule it? Yeah, let's because talk about that because in. it was brought up by one of my followers here uh, on on Twitter at Gridiron. Talk about some of the exceptions. We we had the unfortunate thing. This is a great system that's been put together, and we'd love for it to all run smooth. But we had a little problem with Mother Nature, and we had some hurricanes that disrupted games. And so you had some teams that only are going to play eight games. We at American Heritage are only playing nine, less affected because we're in 5A. But what about those teams that only played eight games? What exceptions are going to be made? How is that going to affect the entire playoff race? I mean, it, 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 the, 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 when it comes to if you, if you fall under the eight-game requirement, the FHA is going to look at it and say, okay, they're going to look at it on a case-by-case basis. The executive director has to final say, okay, well, we'll waive the requirement for this school. You know, it's basically, you know, in, in some of the harder-hit areas, but a lot of teams have been on, on the push to get these games rescheduled, made up, put back on, you know. I mean, I, I could tell you right now, out of all the games looking at this on this schedule, and Booker T got the game made up with Columbus, got that one, by me, Southridge. I mean, that's a game that I would say if if, if it's if Booker T wins the next two, mm-hmm. you know, wins wins the next two, that puts them at five and four. That may get them in the playoffs, but if they could get it with Southridge and beat win that game, that might actually boost help them out way much mm-hmm. better. I mean, this is this is something here again. Some of these games you got to play and win. So, but again, it's you know it comes down to a case by case basis for the FHA to eliminate the weight the, the requirement of eight games being played in order to qualify for the playoffs. So that's that's how it's basically going to work. It's going to come down to basically it, – it, it'll come down to the probably that Saturday while they're sitting there in the offices in Gainesville figuring out, okay, what's going on, blah, 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 you know, just everything, looking through each team and you know, well, fine-tooth cold. Sure, sure. Well, we usually do a top four games to pay attention to this week, but we don't, we don't have time – for that, I know we got one that we need to talk about, and that's going to be the, the matchup between Miami Northwestern and Central in the in the District of Death. Outside that's of that, huge. give me another game tonight that that anyone listening here really needs to pay attention to in the state of Florida. Well, let me actually just pulling up my thing right now on that because I've got the quite a few. I, got, I mean, I got quite a. I, mean, I know it's a tough. Them, I know but, it's um, tough to pick, but I'm putting you on the spot here. It's it's. The, it's tough to pick because if, if I'm going to give you a couple here, let, let's. Let, I mean, you, you, you go, go north to north towards towards Jacksonville. Coco and Bartram Trail are playing tonight, so that's mm-hmm. a huge matchup right there. Huge, 
because that's point, that's points for both teams depending on who wins, who loses on that game. So that's a that's a big game right there, and, and that's gonna mm-hmm. that's gonna that, that's setting up for a big time thing. I mean, another one is uh, potentially uh, you know the favorites in Class Two A and One A for to win state championships this year are meeting tonight at Boot Hill in Madison County. University Christian in Madison County are playing tonight, so. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are some big ones right there, and that's outside I mean, outside of the Miami area. But, I mean, you talk about I me, mean, you're, you're right on. And I think another one to really watch, I, I'd be curious to see what happens at, between Palmetto and South State in that matchup tonight as well. Yeah, Palmetto, uh, one of the teams on the on a come up here. Um, be interesting, yeah, like you said, to see what happens there. Just for, you know, for giggles, Champagnat Catholic and University School. How about that one? Yeah, I mean that that one was that that was a very you know that one's going to be some giggles right there, and I mean it's going to be interesting to see can Champignon pull up the pull, pull it off on University School? You know, I mean you're talking about just four A school versus a two A. I mean, it, it, I mean we've seen we've seen Champignon you know play tough anyway, so it's not that sure. you know thing. It's again, it's a matter of uh, of that. And uh, what really kind of struck you know Champignon Madonna last night playing Durrell and just running them over. I'm like, whoa, wait a second, yeah, really? uh, Durrell might not be as strong as they look. <laughs> yeah, either that or or Chaminade. Um, Chaminade is pretty good. It's gonna be it's gonna be a four. Since losing to us, they've been on a rampage. So, um, you know, if they happen to win a championship, maybe they send us a couple of the medals. Maybe we help them out. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Reigns and Rickards. How about that one? Yeah, I mean that that's another one right there. I mean, I mean, I, I, I I'm thinking points, point stuff, totals but, on that one. I mean. I, I, that one, that one could be an interesting one. I, the, the thing is, is that if Reigns was to win that game, that would help their point average tremendously to snag that number one seed away in their region away from West Nassau. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of the teams they put on their schedule this year kind of hurt Reigns because of uh, they're they're just not performing as up to par as what people would expect. And again, like right. I said, th- these things come in cycles. But sure, yeah, yeah it's tough to know. You almost, when you're making right, the schedule, you got to be like a, a handicapper and forecast how teams are going to do. Right, but see, I, but I, but I put it to this way again to everybody. They use the same kind of model setup in Nebraska with this. This is how this is the basis. You know, we we, we may have tweaked, changed the points from what they use there to what what the, the, they could you know set fit for Florida, but at the same time, teams have more control of their schedules down here. In the teams right. in Nebraska do. Nebraska has zero sure. control of their schedules because the state association creates their schedules. So, again, it's I tell people if it works in Nebraska where they have zero control, it's going to work out here where you've got plenty of control. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. I mean, that could go haywire too. I could see some potential problems there. So we're going to see. I think, um, you, like like we discussed in the outset, there may be some tweaks as we come along here, and they may have to be a little bit more control of what happening schedule. Wise, because I could see some manipulation coming down the road. But for now, uh, I'm loving the way that this goes. All right, so let's close this out talking about Miami Northwestern and uh, the Central matchup. As we all know, Central missed the playoffs last year. um, So you had to know they were coming in this season on a rampage. Um, They've they've gone out and they've done some pretty good things. But this is that matchup that I think uh, everyone was looking forward to in this district. Oh man, you talk about circle count and circle the calendar date once the schedule came out. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, if, yeah if, no if doubt. If Raz ain't sold out, then I'd be shocked. Uh, but um, 
man, I, I mean, our, our buddy Pinko's Northwestern won over Miami Central. Man, again, this is a game that yeah, can be the Charging it up even good. more, huh? I, I, I'm taking Central on this one just because I, you know, I look at it that the fact that they played better against ING than Northwestern did. Mm-hmm. I also like the fact because Miami Central did go out and beat Bishop Gorman in a tough situation with a hurricane come right. going down on your own town. You you, you leave mm-hmm. and go do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Miami Central has played a, very well through a lot of adversity this season. I think they 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 got that slice of humble pie down there. They 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 ate that slice of humble pie and moved on from right. last year. I this is I think this is the team that you know hey they're they're back in it I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going against Pinkos this week I'm taking Central. Yeah, I mean, what well, at one point I mean that thing could blow either way when you're sitting here. Well, if there's one thing to be really happy about, if you're if you're someone that was somehow against the whole point total system uh, for determining who's who's going to get in the playoffs this year, you got to like this one thing as it stands right now. Um, all of these teams in this district, minus Miami Lakes, who, you know, they just haven't been good right. at football for a while. But all four of these top teams in this district right now are would be in if we were to end this thing today. So Northwestern, Central, Carroll City, and Norland are all in. And uh, and looking at your the projections on your website right now, there'd be a rematch in round one with, between Northwestern and Norland. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, and it's – I'm here. I'm already hearing complaints from the the, the the Dillard crowd. It's like, well, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a we're gonna have a team from that district play us no matter what. And I'm like, well, that's the way it goes. This is the way. Yeah, it man, goes. suck it up. What do you think I, is gonna I, happen? Oh man, oh, they, they want one of the Daytona teams so they can so they can knock them off. No, sorry, like you're gonna that. earn that's your way I, to I, Orlando. Okay, no, you, that's what you're gonna, gonna you're gonna you're gonna. You're gonna earn your way with this, and I like you know if, if you're not the best team in your region, you're not the best team in your region. Just just let it, let it be. But I mean, right. I circled that district. I circled that district from the get go. That would take four teams, and I still believe at the end of the day that's gonna be the probably the one district. Not, I think it's gonna be just a, one district that's gonna take four. And this is that district. This is it. That's the district that's taking four to the playoffs. Some will get three, but only one's going to get four. This is that, and that would make sense. Um, Yeah, that would make sense given the strength of those teams in this district. How about a potential first round matchup of Mainland and Carroll City? You don't see that in the first round every day. Oh my god! Oh man, you talk about you talk about Daytona Municipal being lit up. That would be that that stadium would be lit up. And again, this is what people will talk about. It's not about. Oh, playing your next door neighbor necessarily, you know, from the from the neighboring district, and, and, and you know, again, this, this is what we speculate, you know, potentially, you know, it's like, how about one of the Miami teams going up the mainland, you know, the first round? That right there generates excitement, generates buzz, and you're going to have people going and filling the stands because it's a, it's a quality matchup in the first round. It's not oh well, we got we got we we got the we got the uh, we got a four and six or four and six or three and seventeen from the neighboring district because they backdoored themselves into the playoffs. You know. Yeah. Because they yeah, uh, they can't win games. That's definitely big time. No, no doubt about it. Definitely yeah. big time. All right. Well, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to leave it there. We we touched on a lot of great things here, and you know, man, you gotta love you gotta love Florida high school football, and you gotta love the things that are going on right now. Big night tonight. Uh, big time matchups. Some things that are gonna change some point totals and. Um, yeah, and we got the big one at trash, so for everyone to look forward to. Again, if uh, if you need some information tonight, 
FloridaHSFootball.com or FLAHSFootball uh, on Twitter, at FLAHSFootball. Uh, big time, big time follow. Um, also, um, tell the people where else they can get some, some uh, information on tonight's games and the scores. Uh, well, I'll have the Florida HS Football Knockout Scoreboard Show on NFHSnetwork.com. Uh, it's starting at 10 o'clock tonight, and the, the links will be posted later so that way people can find it and they'll be able to go on the site and find it. But uh, I just want to stress one more thing on all of this with the playoff stuff. Things are going to change each week until this is done. I mean, these are, again, for the projections, again, it's stressed. You know, hey, it's a matter of what, you, you're really concerned if you're a team. Went out. That's all I can say. Went out. Yeah, win. That kind of that kind of handles things, man. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Josh, as always, thanks for joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Oh, yes. Appreciate it, Chad. Have a good one. All right. Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Uh, again, also follow him on Twitter, FLAHSFootball. Great follow. Uh, great place to go find some scores tonight as you're trying to find out what's going on in the rest of the state, what's going on in the rest of your district, rest of your region. Whatever you need to know on Florida high school football tonight, uh, you can find it in those places. And that's going to bring uh, our show to an end here. Uh, we got it all done. We checked off all the boxes. College football discussed. Uh, we talked um, some NFL football. We talked high school football in the state of Florida. And we also touched on a little basketball and baseball. We did it all today. I think, I think we uh, had a really, really great show. Action-packed show. So, uh, again, I'm happy to do that for you, the fans. I want to thank all of y'all who listened to the show today. I want to thank my guest, Joshua Wilson, and, of course, my co-host, Amo Calamino. And uh, we also want you all to enjoy your weekend of football. Starts tonight with high school football, the college Saturday, NFL Sunday. Enjoy the weekend. We're back next week. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. I'm dragging me down, gonna stand my ground.